You're listening to Level Up's Emerging Market Series with Melissa Zalou from IronSource and Tom Wyman, Senior Market Analyst at NewZoo. So welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love playing, making, and of course, growing mobile games. This is the third episode of our exciting series on emerging game markets, which I'm co-hosting with Tom Wyman, who's a Senior Market Analyst at NewZoo. After a great discussion in the last few episodes about the Middle East and the North African gaming market, today we'll be focusing on India. And our guest today to talk about the Indian gaming market is Tejas Shah, who's Head of Revenue and Distribution at Games to Win, a leading Indian mobile games publisher with over 290 million global downloads. Tejas and Tom, thanks so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having us. So Tejas, you're, as I said, Head of Revenue and Distribution at Games to Win. Um, perhaps for anyone that doesn't know, you can kick us off by telling our listeners what Games to Win uh, do. Sure. So um, Games to Win is an online casual gaming company, a mobile casual gaming company. And um, we've been around for a long time, but um, we've kind of focused and traversed from the online age that all of us were used to towards being um, completely focused towards mobile now. Um, we majorly operate in three different genres, um, which is driving games, dress-up games, and interactive stories. And um, we've been fairly successful, I would say, with the, about 300 million downloads till date, um, with 95% of them being completely organic. So, wow. um, so we, we've been extremely lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, Hopefully, um, you know, we, we continue to have the blessings um, of all the users and continue to have a lot of um, organic downloads. Um, but at the same time, um, it, it's an exciting journey. And now we, we're kind of slowly getting into um, a lot of things that the bigger guys keep on doing and, and hopefully kind of scale up to even bigger heights now. And take us through your personal journey in the gaming industry. Uh, were you always a gamer? How did you end up uh, in this role at Games to Win? <laughs> so, I've been actually associated with gaming for a really long time. In fact, like almost 16, 17 years now. Um, so, since I was a kid, um, like all of us um, have played games and um, it, it really enamored me. And what ended up happening was then I started um, playing in video cafes, video game parlors in India, in my home city, um, Mumbai. Um, and, and that journey kind of began from there, wherein once I entered college, then I started playing tournaments, um, college festivals and, st- and stuff like that. Um, in, in the end, I, I actually, during my college period, um, I actually ended up being among the top three, four um, professional, quick and unreal tournament players in the country as well. Um, and, and then that kind of led to the next thing. And then I was like, hey, you know what? Gaming is where I want to be. And... Um, I ended up landing uh, a job at Games to Win just out of college, um, and then since then I've, I've been more or less here. I've I've kind of grown, seen the company grow, um, and kind of handled multiple roles, um, and now I'm handling um, the revenue side of things here. Mm-hmm. And so, what does your kind of what are your main responsibilities? What does the day to day look like? So. A, t- a typical day for us is, is more or less like, you know, come and look at what each of the games are, is, is doing, um, what are the metrics like, um, work with partners like yourself, I and Source, um, and Facebook and Google and the likes and, and kind of see what's the performance. Um, at the same time, kind of 
look at all the other health metrics that we call internally um, in terms of, okay, what are the DAOs? What's the retention like? Um, you know, what's the CPM like? How much, um, how many ads are they watching now? What's the consumption like? Um, what's what's the progression? All of those normal things that you would do. But I think the interesting part that, that we kind of do is that um, in addition to all the wonderful dashboards and data that all of our partners provide, we've kind of um, taken all of that data and created a, a universal dashboard internally that helps us track a lot of these um, disparate things together to to kind of make decisions much faster and quicker, um, which is great. And we kind of kind of evolving there as well to to figure out okay what's what's the better better way of making decisions versus kind of wasting time and spending too much time um, going to different places just in search of data. Mm-hmm. And um, another sort of interesting thing you guys have is the uh, Replay Gaming Fund, which you launched in 2019 uh, and which aims to fund gaming startups and entrepreneurs. Can you sort of take us through the reasons for starting this fund um, and what the process for you guys is like in investing in gaming startups? Kind of what are you looking for? Um, Kind of how are you trying to help beyond kind of the financial side? Mm -hmm. Sure. So, um because we've been around here for a very long time, um, we've seen how the ecosystem is in India. And um, unfortunately, it's still very, um, you know, it's, it's still at a very early stage. Um, of course, there are quite a few companies who have had immense success out of India, um, including us. However, there's still a lot of, um, if I if I may use the word, a lot of instability in terms of, um, financial help for new companies to come up and new game ideas to be uh, really tried out. So one of the biggest reasons why we launched the fund was, was to try and enable indies and smaller companies to work on their vision of the product without really worrying about um, the financial aspect of it um, with you know and, and, and completely just be focused towards making the game. Um, but in addition to financial support, I, I think what we bring in, and I think this is one of the reasons why um, you know people like to partner with us, is that we're completely transparent with respect to how we see things. Um, you know what what is the kind of data that we should be seeing. Um, you'll rarely have partners out there who would tell you that hey, you know what these are the two games that we have. These are the reports of these games. Look at it. These are the things that you should be doing at your end as well. Um, and, and similarly, there are very few partners out there who could actually give that kind of information to Indian developers while they're making the game um, to kind of figure out, okay, what's really the best way forward and, and what are the kind of um, things that they should be tweaking and, and making better in the game before the launch of the game. Um yeah, I, I, I think that's something that's missing in the Indian ecosystem, um, knowledge sharing. And um, Replay Gaming Fund is, is more about, um, you know, sharing the knowledge that we have with everyone um, and giving everyone an opportunity of, of realizing their vision about um, gaming and, and their best game um, and helping them achieve that vision and dream. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's a it's a nice segue um, to kind of zooming out and looking at the the gaming market in India as a whole and, and actually the history and, and Tom this is one for you. Um, 
I mean, Tejas has talked about his journey, but has the is the mobile game or is the gaming market in India mobile first when it kind of really hit its stride, or uh, were traditional video games also big there? Uh, I think uh, you hit the mark when you said it's when it when it's hit its stride. There was um, a gaming market in India. I think Tejas already talked about it. He was. Um, a professional player uh, for Quake and Unreal Tournament, but those games were quite some time ago. So uh, it kind of paints a picture that there was always, always a small market for gaming in India, but um, it was restricted due to a couple of reasons, uh, access, uh, access to software, hardware, uh, but also access to the internet, connectivity. Um, and the market is really starting to grow uh, since smartphones have become well very cheap smartphones have entered a market primarily uh manufactured by chinese um, manufacturers as well as the um, availability of cheap mobile internet um, which has only really started happening in maybe the past four or five years um, so in terms of when we're talking about the india uh, games industry now and the promise actually the market now and the promise that it has that's when we really talk about a mobile first market. Um, however, there, there was always a small but dedicated group of gamers already in India. So one of the things that, that you know, you're calling out as a factor driving the growth of, of the mobile game industry in India is, is smartphones uh, and the availability of cheap smartphones. Beyond that, what other uh, factors are driving this growth and kind of what differentiates the Indian gaming market from other emerging markets? So, but uh, the factors that differentiate it, there's there's obviously a big overlap. Like I said, uh, affordable smartphones, uh, mobile internet, really cheap mobile internet, by the way. I think it's one of the cheapest in the world per gigabyte. Um, what has also helped is the fact that a lot of the, the working Indian um, citizens, the working Indian population, uh, speaks quite decent English, to very good English, actually. And that makes it, compared to other emerging markets, um, easier to enter the market. Now, that's not me saying that localization isn't a factor, that you don't need to localize to be able to be successful in India, but it does mean that the, the barrier to entry, that is uh, language, localization, is, is not quite as high as, as it is in under, other emerging markets. Mm-hmm. And what about kind of the, the genre breakdown when it comes to really popular or what games best succeed? Um in in india what are the kind of the best genres to focus on if you're looking to penetrate the indian market uh that's actually quite interesting because if you'd asked me about two years ago i I would definitely say it's a combination of casual games and casino games um but since 2009 2018 2019 we've actually seen um it started with PUBG mobile uh, which is obviously a shooter game an action game uh, and in more recently, Garena Free Fire as well, that have really taken a mark by storm and are really now uh, consistently in the top apps by uh, in-game spend. Um, so it has sort of shifted as the market matured from uh, casual and uh, casino games um, to include more uh, core experiences such as PUBG Mobile, Garena Free Fire. Um, another thing to call out here is that uh, there's a very specific type of card game that's very popular in India that it gets a lot of people to spend, which is uh, Teen Paddy Games, which is a, a very local uh, card game uh, that has been doing well for many years already. Mm-hmm. 
And and Tejas, this is this is to you, kind of looking at the landscape of players, uh, meaning game industry companies, not actual players. Uh, besides Game to Win, what are some of the other bigger um, publishers and studios that are making a name for themselves in India? Um, sure. So I think there are lots of studios that that have kind of made a great position for themselves in the country. Um, if you're talking about developers based out of India or the publishers based out of India. Um, you've got Nazara, um, who've been around for a very long time as well, and and they they've been focused completely on India. Um, you've got Ninety Nine Games, who've been around um, for a while as well, and they've been focused on on an IAP heavy game. Um, you've got Octro, um, which is in in the card category that Tom mentioned um, earlier. Um, then you've got Ludo King, which is a very new entrant, and, and they're interesting to be very honest because they launched their first game, if I'm not wrong, about three or four years back, and um, they've amassed about 300 million on downloads as well, and most of it is from India, um, which which also, just to go back to Tom's point earlier, is, is something, when you localize something to a particular region, um, it, it does tend to do well um, as well. So um, it, it does definitely help. And, and there are some new guys coming up as well. For example, you have um, Play Simple who are doing some really good work based out of Bangalore um, with, with great results coming out. Um, and lastly, I think there's one success that happened last year. Um, and if I'm not wrong, Pardon me if I forget the name or if I get the name, name wrong, but it's New Box Studios uh, who had their, um, kitchen, uh, who had their um, if I'm not wrong, food game um, reach up to really, really good numbers um, with their partner Tilting Point. So from what you're describing, it sounds like the, the market sort of... Um relatively competitive in the sense or, or I don't know if this is actually more or less competitive but there is room for kind of new companies rising stars to kind of make it and make it big um, is that does that sound accurate or is or is the market um, more sort of dominated by larger companies um, and slowly diversifying um, no actually that's true so um, just because of the fair v- amount of volume that India has from a consumption perspective um, it's actually anyone's game right now. Um, if you if you come into the country and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to be making games which are really specific to the kind of taste that the Indian audience has, um, the, the amount of downloads and the amount of volume that you can generate in, in the region is phenomenal. But um, at the same time, um, it, one really needs to look at it from, from a revenue perspective as well. Because what tends to happen is that a lot of publishers and a lot of companies come into the uh, into the market either from outside of India or even you know smaller teams kind of group up and build up a team to try and get downloads in India. the The problem is the revenue part, wherein it's not easy to make money in India, and, and you really need to make have a very conscious decision in terms of how you're going to be making money from users in India, um, because the approach of making money in India is very different from what you would see in the US. Um, yes, there's a very large English-speaking population in India. There's a very large, um, you know, millennial uh, 
population Gen Z is coming up pretty large in India as well um, from, from an audience perspective. But um, a lot of habits that all of these different segments of users have in India is very different from what you would see um, in other English-speaking countries like US or um, UK or even um, you know um, smaller segments of, of English-speaking um, audiences in other larger countries. So um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different ballgame. But it's still a very open ground where someone who comes in with a really nice idea, like, for example, Ludo King, um, and executes it really well, could could quickly come up the ranks. Um, and at the same time, someone who says that, hey, you know what, I just want to make a business out of it. I don't really want to amass a lot of downloads and likes, but still make a very, uh, very good traction in India, purely with the kind of content that they make. Uh, Tejas, I'm, we're going to switch uh, gears a little bit because you've been talking, uh, you've mentioned earlier during your introduction that you were a professional uh, professional player for a while in India. Um, esports, of course, being one of the, the trends that have come up in the uh, last couple of years or last 10 years that have really grown big um, in the globally. Um, but what is the esports market like in India? Uh, is it still a small minority of uh, hardcore gamers like you were in the past or has it seen a popularity among the mainstream gaming as well oh it, it has grown way beyond what we would have expected um so like about 15 years back um what i basically call professional gaming um, or esports in india was very small um and and that was also partly because of um because of the amount of cost required for having that kind of hardware um because internet was not that great in india at that time um, and at the same time, um, it it was mainly at places and cities where you had video gaming parlors or LAN parlors, right? Um, small cafes with about 20, 30 odd machines um, and, and people kind of playing with each other. So that's where most of those esports used to happen that time. Um, but now, if you look at it, um, fast track, like 15 years from that time, you have um, gaming centers which have 100 machines in it um you have um you have esports competitions which don't require machines they're basically completely on mobile now look at look at the amount of competitions and the amount of um you know esports that is being driven just because of PUBG. um look at um you know the amount of events that are happening behind dota 2 like the international um you know one of one of the stages of the international just happened in mumbai last year um, so it it is definitely it has definitely grown a lot more than what even I would have imagined, um, and and I think partly one of the reasons for that is because the world started noticing India and the opportunity due to the large volume it started generating just purely from mobile. It's it's the volume that India kind of offers to anyone uh, who's coming in um, for for them to be successful. Um, Ten years back, I would not see even like you know a small like I was a small boy right at that time. Um, I would not see myself playing a game sitting below the building. You know, we've got we we, we used to usually play cricket in India when um, we were small. But now I see you know a group of five kids or four kids sitting together and playing PUBG together versus playing any uh, playing cricket, um, and and that's become a lot more common. So. I think mobile has kind of 
given esports a different meaning in india and and has helped um give it a lot more traction in india versus what it had earlier um and and that has helped attract a lot more larger um enterprises in the esports domain like um valve with the international um of the dota championship league um you know you've got um ESL coming in india and having an ESL india championship you've got clash royale uh, matches you've got um, counter strike matches dota league of legends happening here um you've got team sponsorships coming in and all um, as well now teams being sent from india to compete in the world um in in the on the world stage by qualifying or by just kind of you know giving them an opportunity of going and seeing um how that competition is so um these kind of opportunities in these kind of um the uh, this kind of infrastructure was not really available um 10 15 years back and and i think um the existing environment is is a great um great way of catapulting the esports in india in the next 10 years it it might just end up being probably like the second largest market after china um in in just mere um volume and sheer um dominance from an uh, entertainment perspective mhm um maybe there's a nice segue here to make because um what you what you mentioned earlier is that uh, it's mobile esports that is driving uh, new players those players they they get engaged into these um competitions and then they may jump like a valve that is coming to india esl that's coming to india all of these are primarily well the the games they host are still mostly pc console games actually pc games most of it um and and this led me to the next topic that i want to talk about is really the potential of cloud gaming in india cuz from my understanding one of the reasons that these type of games never really took off in india is because well you can go to these pc cafes um to play them but if you don't go there it's it's very difficult for the majority of players to to access these games they can't play them from home or the the hardware is not available so with cloud gaming uh, for example the the uh, cloud gaming x cloud solution that microsoft is uh, bringing to india uh that might change so they're rolling out their trial of its cloud gaming service in india somewhere this year um what do you think about the cloud gaming in india do you think there is a market for this i think there's a definite market for it but it it's still nascent um because what's going to happen is that cloud gaming is meant for larger um titles pc and console titles that can be played in um on less hardware or less powerful hardware um the another reason for that also is that um in india most of the uh, connection internet connections that you would see in reports are still mobile connections mobile data connections and although the amount of data that we get here is extremely cheap um the devices themselves are um are not that great from a gaming perspective right? they they're great for casual games but you can't really play a console game or a pc game um on a mobile device um and at the same time there there is a lot of restriction on data as well so for example most of the consumers in india would be on prepaid connections and most of them will have a limitation of about like 1.5 gb per day or 2 gb per day post which they can still surf the internet and um kind of play games 
but the speed would be reduced to maybe you know um, one tenth of what it could be um, or what what they would get before reaching the threshold of the day um, and and when you're going to be playing on cloud uh, when you're going to be playing on cloud um, the amount of data that you're going to be consuming is going to be really large so I, I think it, it'll still be a very niche segment um, initially with respect to trials but um, once Microsoft starts uh, kind of going from the trials and kind of becoming more mainstream, um, they'll still have to work with larger players like Geo and um, other broad, broadband players in India to kind of offer that as a, as a packaged service to um, PC, desktop and laptop users or console users um, versus expecting mobile users to really get out of the bandwagon. This is, in a way, it's it's to both of you. But Tom, let's let's start with you. How big? Tejas talked about you know the struggle to sort of um, crack gaming revenue in India, um, and and that Indian gamers are um, don't necessarily sort of follow the same um, spending habits as as um, gamers in other regions. How big is advertising um, or ad monetization versus in-game spending in the region? Um, and how how has also kind of in-app purchase spending evolved over the over the past few years, and, and where do you see it coming? Where do you see it going in the in the next few? Yeah, so this is I think the the key question to unlocking the India market because we we've spoke before about how many eyeballs, how big the audience is, um, but that spending is still really low and. Uh, from our perspective as as market analysts, um, I, I think we've already. Um, predicted this um, in-game spending to pick up um, a couple of times and uh, it hasn't happened so far or it has happened but very slowly um, uh, a lot slower than we had expected uh, so the, we're still at the point where where advertising or at least downloads is is a lot um, bigger in terms of revenue generation than in-game spending but the, the second problem uh, in terms of advertising is because the audience is uh, so large in India, but it's difficult to get people to go from seeing an ad or, or from experiencing an ad to, to actually buying a product that the, the revenue you get per click or the revenue you get per view is is low as well. So in, in general, um, both advertising revenue uh, as compared to the number of downloads, number of eyeballs and in-game spending in the region is still quite low. Um, there is a, an increase in in-game spending definitely due to the more complex core game experience that we have seen in the past two years. So again, PUBG Mobile, Free Fire, uh, Supercell's games. Um, and we do see it grow because at one point, like if even people start spending a little bit more simply due to the numbers, like we're um, estimating that this year about 350, 360 million people, um, actually 334 million people, sorry. Um, will be playing games in India or will play a game in India. So the, the audience is huge. And, and as soon as the uh, part of that starts spending a bit, uh, then that market is going to grow really fast. Um, but so far, it hasn't really happened yet. Um, and I think, uh, Tejas, maybe you can comment on this as well from your experience working uh, at a publisher in India. Sure. So um, you're, you're absolutely right. In-app spending is... Um, like I mentioned earlier, is nowhere close to how or what you would see in all the other nations out there, um, including some of the developed uh, or other emerging nations as well. Um, but it 
from from a growth perspective, if you actually look at it, Inapp has grown quite a bit in the country, um, and and that's due to many reasons. One of the larger reasons is um, you know games like PUBG and um, Garena and Free Fire uh, that is um, kind of coming into the country and and driving that kind of um, Inapp there. Um, second is also you know Teenpatti and card games being there for a, a long time. Um, so that that segment definitely has a lot of in-app um, revenue coming through. Um, but I think third, which is the largest reason for that in-app spending um, growing in India, however small it may be, is because of um, a lot of focus by the government and a lot of other companies like um, digital companies uh, in the country um, towards enabling end users to spend money digitally. Um, you know, Google coming up with a um, Google Pay app or Teza, um, Paytm, um, you know, the government launching their Beam UPI um, payment service. So a, lo- a lot of those things have kind of enabled users in India to, to start spending um, however small they are right now in their, in their spending. Um, but but more importantly, kind of educating them and, and giving them that opportunity of seeing how easy is it to to kind of spend money um, and and not really be worried about something happening um, while they are using their mobile phones um, to spend money. Because as a consumer in India, most of them and most of the habits have been hardwired towards spending cash. Um, you go to the shop you pay cash to buy something. You go to the grocery store, you pay cash uh, to buy something. You go to the um, the vegetable vendor sitting um, on the street, um, you'll give him cash. Um, so so everything that you do or pay here is is predominantly cash-driven or has been cash-driven. But this has changed a lot over the last few years um, and, and which is why you're also seeing that in-app going up. Um, from an advertising perspective, India has been traditionally an advertising-driven uh, economy. Um, so all the entertainment services that you really see in the country, um, including um, you know the, the the channels on TV, um, you know all the shows and everything, everything is, is kind of ad-driven. You most of the entertainment or most of the content companies in the country have always traditionally made money through showing ads to users and and consumers don't mind seeing ads so uh, advertising based revenue is still the largest and the and predominantly the most successful way of uh, or not rather not successful but the most stable way of making money in the country right now um, but i'm seeing a lot of new publishers come through with with a very mixed approach of having ads and iaps as well so that they they can kind of find the right balance um, and when they arrive at the right opportunity, um, they kind of shoot up and become a lot more um, profitable and have a lot more numbers there. Yeah, that's actually, um, thank you for that. So um, maybe it is an interesting to talk about because we have seen some, uh, we already talked about some of the successful companies from India, but we also uh, mentioned a couple of times that there are foreign uh, game publishers, game developers that have been successfully in entering the Indian market. Uh, Again, uh, Tencent with PUBG, uh, Israeli studio Moon Active, Coin Master is also one of the top uh, games in India by spending, uh, and Garena, which we mentioned a couple of times as well. 
Um, but beside this um, mix between advertising and in-game spending, what are some of the other challenges that uh, especially foreign developers face when it comes to entering the Indian market? That's actually a very good question. And, um, you know, for, at least from my perspective, I think um, although English is widely um, spoken in India, um, a lot of people still prefer or a lot of a lot of people ex outside of the metro still um, kind of feel more comfortable with the local languages. That's one. Um, but a larger segment of users actually do not relate to a lot of games that Western publishers make. Um, for example, if you really look at um, the top-crossing titles in the US right now, um, most of them are going to be heavy RPG titles. So they're going to be um, you know, based on basketball or baseball or, or sports which are more relatable to that geography. Um, but the same kind of genre or the same kind of um, you know, content does not work for India. Um, Indians have a certain kind of taste. Um, I, I would probably say like 30% of what works outside of India works in India. Um, but 70% of what works in India has a very local flavor to it. Um, so anything of one of the challenges that I, I kind of hear when I speak with my other counterparts um, in different companies outside, um, I think a lot of them do not understand that they need a certain bit of localization from a content perspective for India um, to, for them to be successful um, from a download perspective or from a volume perspective. Um, there's, there's also a need to kind of figure out, okay, how... Um, you know, how, how do we appeal to a certain type of audience? Um, because there are, right now in the country, there are three different segments of users. So which which segment do we really want to kind of go after um, from a content perspective is also really important. Um, yeah, I, I think content and localizing content or, or realizing the kind of content working um, in the country is extremely important um, and is a large challenge for a lot of people who are trying to get success in India. So if we switch to a different view, not talking about the um, developers or publishers, but uh, talking about some of the global brands and advertisers, what's our, what are some of key characteristics of players in India that are interesting for them? So I think the, the biggest characteristic or rather the biggest um, differential factor that India brings in is that most of the 400 million odd audience that India has on internet is young. Um, there's hardly any country out there which um, has so many millennials and Gen Z available as an audience at their doorstep. Um, if you if you really look at it, for uh, for a lot of large global brands, um, they start advertising and and getting into a user's perspective very early on so that when the user um, reaches at a certain age um, with a buying capacity, their brand is the first thing that they recall. Um, and, and that's something that you should start seeing a lot in India now, especially because of the Gen Z um, becoming kind of slightly older um, and, and approaching an age where they will have a much higher spending power than what they previously had. 
which will essentially enable two things, right? Which as publishers, what, what will happen is that we will start seeing better CPMs um, from advertising, which is the predominant way of making money in India from games. And second is from an e-commerce perspective and from a digital payments perspective, you would start seeing in-apps and e-commerce and everything else go up as well because Gen Z is more used to spending money through mobile. They're more used to spending through credit cards. They're not um, as, um, you know, they're they're not as accustomed to a cash-based economy versus what, um, you know, my parents were or um, what even I am to. They're they're more, um, you know, digital economy-based, which which is basically moving more and more towards what you see right now in developed countries like U.S., um, you know, U.K., France, Germany, and the likes, um, which which would in turn kind of help everyone become more and more successful. So you've talked to us about sort of how um, maybe what unites kind of Indian gamers, which is that many of them today are uh, millennial or Gen Z, yeah. Um, but what about what differentiates them? India's a, a vast country um, with sort of lots of differences across its different regions. Does that hold true for um, gamers as well? Are there sort of tastes specific uh, preference for kind of genres, themes or art styles in particular regions? Oh, that's a great question, Melissa. So um, there's, there's one theme of rivalry that kind of exists in every country that you go in. Um, so that that theme kind of exists in India as well, which is more like a region region rivalry that you would have, um, and this is something that you you see in um, cricket in India a lot. For example, one of the largest leagues in um, in the world for cricket um, is held in India, and it's called as um, Indian Premier League or IPL. Um, and what happens there is that if there are like about eight out cities or, or so. Um, who have their own cricket teams and they battle each other, they play against each other to to win the IPL. Um, and you'll see tons and tons of um, people coming out on the streets, going to the stadiums just to watch those matches. Um, so, so that's one key characteristic about India, that um, there is a region-based diaspora that one can kind of attack. Um, to to gain momentum, um, but at the end of the day, if um, if you really want to grow, you would still need to to kind of cater to all regions because you would want um, something available for each region. But but that kind of um, availability of content, which kind of helps everyone have a nice friendly rivalry and at the same time have competition, um, is is a great way of creating content for India. Um, especially in cricket, um, so so there are basic I mean, like essentially there are three main things um, in India or Indians like right. One is cricket, second is Bollywood, and third is astrology or religion. Um, you really can't do anything about astrology and religion because that's that's a very personal um, topic and um, one does not really like to be told about it per se, but. Cricket, definitely, and there have been numerous successful stories in India um, who've created cricket content around um, for Indian audiences. Um, Bollywood as well is is extremely, or films, and not just Bollywood, but uh, films in, in, 
um, films have been extremely great in India. They've consumed a lot, um, probably more than any of the other OTT players out there, any of the TV channels and the likes as well. Most of the TV channels that you would see in the country keep on replaying the same movies again and again, and consumers don't mind seeing it again and again. That's how good, or that's how much they consume that kind of content in the country. Um, and even there, if you really look at it, there are different types of um, themes there, right? Um, you, you'll have Bollywood in the north and in um, in Mumbai and in the central region. And in the south, there are like different um, sections of films, again, uh, Tollywood and Bollywood and so on and so forth. So um, localization and themes make a very large difference. Um, from an art perspective, other art theme style um india is such a vast country that if you really want want to go into the granularity of what appeals to what kind of audience you would probably just end up spending a lot of time there um but from a preference perspective um a lot of them like to be told um you know a lot of them like to see okay hey you know what, what what's the world up to what what do the um, what is the guy in the city like doing? What is the guy um, outside of India um, like doing? Um, so a lot of a lot of users um, out there like to see or like to consume content which makes them um, kind of feel good, which makes them um, you know aspirational. Consume. Aspirational, yes. Thank, thank you so much. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of helps them um, figure out things that they've never really seen. Um, you know, for example, a lot of my, uh, my uncle and aunts um, have just recently started going abroad um, because now they can afford to kind of go abroad and now a lot of that traveling um, and now they have a lot of time because most of their life they've kind of spent behind um, their kids. So, and that's aspirational for them. So for them, a lot of content that comes outside of the country, um, but is appealing, is something that uh, they consume a lot. Um, YouTube, for example, if I, I'm not sure whether you know this or not, but um, out of 1.5 GB uh, worth of data that everyone has in India um, to consume per day, probably about 60 or 70 percent of it goes just in video consumption, um, and and that's a lot, right? Because they like seeing um, visuals, they they're not now they're not used to seeing images or they're not used to texting and all. A lot of them now like seeing videos. Um, so so the the behavior is very different from what you would see outside of India. And um, we've sort of talked a little bit about localization, but um, when it comes to kind of localizing your operations, how important is a local office, um, either as a developer or a publisher? Um, how important is having a local office in the region to success? Is it necessary or kind of uh, take it or leave it? <laughs> it's, it's an interesting question. Um, it really depends on what you want to achieve in the country, right? Um, so if, if you want to just achieve, if your objective is um, just get downloads, then I don't uh, I mean, just get downloads and kind of have um, users from the country. Um, I don't think that you really need a large local presence um, because most of the things that you could do sitting in the US or sitting in London 
um, is is more or less enough to drive that kind of volume and that kind of um, usage in the country. Um, however, if you become really large, then it makes sense for you to have a company uh, set up here um, for for someone to go and talk to the local um, advertising agencies, you know, to the local companies here to, to kind of figure out how can you best utilize the audience that you have um, to get more money out of it. Um, which is what TikTok, which is what Snap and, um, you know, a lot of other guys are doing in India uh, because they've kind of reached that kind of volume in the country um, to justify having a local presence, to, to engage with their audiences, to engage with um, corporates and brands and um, all the other guys in the industry to, to kind of take it to the next level, both on the monetization front and on the content and engagement front. Um, and the, the third front of it is that if you want to be based out of India and make games out of India, but for, for a global audience, then that makes sense as well for you to open up an office here because it's comparatively, um, you know, less stringent on, on from a financial perspective for you to make games in India versus what you would have in, um, in the US or in the UK or, um, you know, in Europe and so, so on. So um, it, it really depends on what is the objective that you want to achieve by um, having a local team in India. And I sort of, I want to jump now to talking opposite. Um, so not kind of foreign publishers or studios trying to get into India, but Indian games um, crafting their global strategy. So so speaking from your own kind of perspective, what does games to win, what, what does, now I'm getting stuck with my plurals, right? Um, <laughs> what What is your plan at games to win uh, for, uh, for global launches? What do those plans look like? Um, do you adapt your games? Um, and if so, how? So, I mean, we've always been a company that has been based out of India, but catered to the whole world. Um, so out of the 300 million downloads, and um, even now, only 10 to 15% of our audiences is really from India. Um, so really, you're kind of more globally focused anyway. Yes. And and what has helped us achieve that is, uh, is, is kind of focusing on creating products that um, can be consumed globally um, by anyone based anywhere. Um, and at the same time, localizing the product in, in a way wherein it's easily understandable and accessible by anyone in any country outside. Um, outside of English uh, majority as well. So if you take any one of our games, you would see um, Portuguese, you would see Spanish, you would see Russian, um, you would see uh, Turkish, Indonesian, um, and a lot of other languages. So what, what we kind of do is that we create a great product and we focus on creating great experience and great product, but which something which can be at the same time be understood and used by an audience which might not be an English-speaking audience as well, um, which has helped us, um, you know, get a lot more users outside of India um, from this from the start itself. Tejas, you mentioned that uh, you work a lot with localizing uh, for markets. Um, I guess that's one of the tips that you would give your fellow Indian developers uh, on how to be successful like uh, games to win in global markets. Uh, do you have any other tips to share as well? 
Um, so I'm, I'm really no one to share tips per se, but um, from what my experience has been, one of the things that I definitely suggest to a lot of people I meet is that don't really just go the in-app way. Um, that's a mistake that a lot of people do. Um, they focus on on making games which are driven only through in-apps. And there's a very large market out there um, for both users who want to play the games as much as they can without really spending money in the game. Um, and at the same time, advertisers who are willing to pay you premium um, for showing ads in your game because your users are great. So, and and that that's a very large opportunity that a lot of people miss and end up not really getting any money out of it afterwards. So that's one advice that I would definitely give them. Um, another critical advice that I, I think all of us should follow, um, not just in India, but outside of India as well, that um, just launch it. Like a lot of times we just end up thinking that, hey, you know what, will it happen? Will it work? Will it not work? Should I do this, that? Um, should I do an alpha test first or a beta test? Should I do a $100 marketing spend and see what the numbers are? Um, I just tell them to just launch. Look at the numbers afterwards, figure out after you st- uh, launch the game, see what happens at least um, versus just really worrying about what might happen and not getting the benefit of anything at all. Great. I like it. Just, just launch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you both, Tom and Chujas, for a really great episode. Um, it's been very in-depth and informative. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Tune in next episode to get the inside, in-depth view of yet another emerging game market with Muzu and IronSource. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you.